episode number 191 i'm your host aditya and along with me i have abhishek hello people good morning been a while the seasons have changed last time we did it was it was winter and our abysmal record of recording continues and now it's hot in thane as we speak it, yeah it, i think it reached 42 degrees already last sunday because there were cricket matches being played and it was really hot as a mumbaiker you only check the temperature a few times when it's so cold that you have to embarrassingly take the sweater out or it's very very hot that you have to take all your clothes off i've been keeping up with the rough weather that is going on in north america and all those things they are issuing extreme weather alerts etc at minus 16 and all those things in march god help them please in a way we are quite lucky i have been seeing pictures on facebook of a few of our friends who are out in new york yeah, canada and they, if there is sunshine they celebrate it ah today there is sunshine after 3 months we are quite lucky right we can just walk out eat dosa on the road without having to worry about wearing seven layers of clothing because one of our friends ravi who's out there the thought of grabbing a bite outside means you've got to get prepared wearing everything except your goggles he said that you can just pull off some snow from your eyelashes too so <laughs> we've, we've never been there we will never he he is living the dream <laughs> yes he is <laughs> of course he is talking about living the dream subrat roy is absolutely not living his dream and he's currently in thiar jail a lot of people are happy because they see that finally justice has been served subrat roy was asked to pay up 20000 crores or refund 20000 crores back to its investors which he and the two directors of the company failed he's done something quite scheming hasn't he he raised money from people like chaiwalas do, do, do you have the details like of 1 rupee each so the way sahara has typically been trying to raise money is that it's not a very conventional fundraising company it does not go to fiis and all those things rather it goes to the small people and in fact the person who filed this complaint also sent it via letter he has never appeared so you will always read this name called roshan lal in courts so they always collect as you said 10 rupees 20 rupees 100 rupees 50 rupees whatever that uh, person wants to invest and that's why they have more than 30000 crore investors and that's why they call it as sahara parivar and if you walk into the offices of sahara there is something called as the sahara pranam and even on tv i think the news readers they don't just say hello good morning this is the breakfast news sahara pranam aapka swagat hai or some such thing yeah and if you if you enter the headquarters in lucknow you know everyone is first of all greeted with the sahara pranam and then subrat roy calling himself managing worker so the whole company is a bit iffy but apparently makes a lot lot of money or is actually worth a lot of money but we don't know because it's a private limited company it all started with sahara prime city which was a real estate venture of the group when it filed a draft red herring prospectus right uh, and this happened way back in 2009 and it claimed that it's going to be raising money so please people can approach them and start investing money in the company as such however it did not follow any of the rules and permissions that were required from sebi 
to issuance of securities because if apparently if there are 50 or more people that you are taking money from you have to take permission from the sebi and in this case as we were talking their numbers investors ran into crores this roshan lal then filed a complaint and sebi started taking a look into it and they actually took an interim order asking them to refund the whole money 25781 crores to over 3 crore investors Wow and Sahara claimed that it had already refunded 19000 crores to them in cash and hence they could not give the supreme court proof or receipts of those transactions in fact they sent pay slips they sent 31669 cartons full of 3 crore application forms and 2 crore redemption vouchers to sebi office when 127 trucks and there was a big traffic jam out of mumbai because of this but sebi did not accept this because all the chits and all the papers were all mixed up in 30000 cartons so basically the plan was if sebi accepts this the time will completely go in making sense of the papers itself sebi refused to accept it completely the whole arresting subrata roy itself was quite eventful it was a sunday and couldn't actually present him and they actually found him after 10 o'clock and jails don't accept anyone after 10 o'clock so they didn't know what to do with him they couldn't take him back to his home they raided a forest bungalow kept <laughs> him overnight in a forest bungalow and the next day presented him in the jail this is only for the privileged after all he's he was named as one of the 10 most powerful people of india by india today in 2012 just to oh, is back. it yeah right you go um, to this date they claim that they have refunded 2,25,000 crores since they started the company through various different businesses and their total net worth is what they claim to be is 68,000 crores. I mean, think of it, right? So if these guys have so much money, Roy is also described as a billionaire, but he's never on any Forbes list. Sahara's website also says that no dividend has been paid for past 34 years. and no profits have been taken out of the company so this whole structure of the company is very very weird currently he owns new york's plaza hotel london's grosvenor house hotel and all those sort of things they sponsor the indian hockey team they are 42% uh, stake owners in the formula 1 racing team force india he also owns pune warriors and he paid a bomb to get pune one guy cannot be doing all these things and he has managed to fly under the radar as they see <laughs> as another entity is doing so for the last 10 days unfortunately nobody is able to find out where malaysian airlines which lost its way mh370 have you ever it's like me finding trying to find my keys but it's a plane this time yeah and there are 26 countries 40 ships 34 aircraft in the first two days and now it has gone up to 26 countries which are looking into this search for the plane which flew from kuala lumpur it had to just traverse 2 hours and 20 minutes to reach malaysia and now the search has been extended to places where if you have to look for your keys in your bedroom now you are looking for the keys 10 kilometers away in your friend's house that's the search window that you know we are trying to look for it in the indian ocean as well i was reading the story yesterday in the newspaper and they have these two arcs right on the northern side it goes to kyrgyzstan and kazakhstan 
and at the bottom it goes to northern thailand so that's a pretty big area to cover yeah yeah that's because every day they are getting some new news about this flight for example yesterday that is on march 17 the ceo of malaysian airlines he held a press conference and he said that the co-pilot signed off to the air control in malaysia by saying all right good night but the pilots did not bother to connect the vietnamese air traffic controllers moments later because they were entering that airspace and between the time he said all right good night to what happened next is that they have data which says that the aeroplane dropped an altitude of 5000 feet below the usual flying height of 30000 feet and this was done perhaps to avoid the military radar system in that area and then again the pilots families have been questioned to find out if there was any anything psychologically wrong or could there have been any motive between the two pilots and they ruled that out because none of the two pilots requested for the other which would have corroborated if there would have been any conspiracy then there was this little bit about did you read about the two fake passports that uh, two iranians uh, the iranian people and then they checked the entire passenger list if at all anybody had any aviation skills to find out if it was a hijack so it could have been a hijack sabotage or a psychological problem ailing one of the two co-pilots but nothing except that the malaysian president also said that this was deliberately flown away from its uh, intended path so there is a lot of uh, confusion question is where has the flight gone i mean on one hand you have china on top and then you have bangladesh you have india on the other side it's very difficult for me to believe that entire plane can fly without being detected by anyone unless that country was also part of the plot which seems difficult at this point there was one such case that had happened a few years back air france it crashed but the difference between this disappearance and the air france was that that plane had crashed and they had found some debris but the main debris was missing so after 2 years they found it after they employed a mathematician called larry stone this air france 447 it was flying from rio to paris and it had crashed in the atlantic ocean and then they had sent search and rescue teams for about 2 years they could not find anything they then so larry stone he arranged all the information that all these nations had collected for 2 years and then he mapped them out on some complex probability theory and within a week's time they could find this aircraft today we don't even know whether it's landed somewhere safe that's why some passengers are still harboring hope that who knows maybe it's there somewhere but the next day you had the pakistan government and taliban saying that we have nothing to do with this so it's not a hijack <laughs> from our side or yeah even the indian government said that if it had flown over india we would definitely have known so it's not here and israel is just has just gone on record to state that they are fearing terrorist attacks from those planes there could be a possibility now everyone is trying to put all these theories there is just so many possibilities at this point now but i was ch- checking out there have been many planes that have gone missing here the wall street journal article which says that aviation safety network a database of tracking accident lists 80 plane as missing since 1948 no traces of the planes or their occupants was ever found according to asn president Anyways so that was about MH370 we hope that people find the plane and we finally know what's going on in the meantime the dates for indian elections have been announced the whole polling exercise is going to start on april 7th and will be held in nine phases until may 12th the counting of the votes is scheduled for may 16th new government is expected to be formed by end of may so buyer stocks right now end of may it most likely they will be higher 
indeed 814 million people are registered to vote and that's 100 million more than what uh, we voted in 2009 which is basically the population of philippines that's what we've <laughs> added just to the voter list in the past 5 years and the election commission is quite optimistic this time that there will be 70% of voter turnout for many reasons one among them is that most of the indians are unhappy with congress and there is a lot of anger and they would want to show that by just going out there and voting against congress rather vote for any political party absolutely and go by these numbers right and you'll come to know what big an effort this is across 543 constituencies so 543 members the staff that will be required is 120000 strong 930000 polling stations across different types of geographic zones as a rule as a mandate the election committee that conducts the election has stipulated that no person should have to travel more than 2 kilometers to cast a vote in order to make this 2 kilometer thing happen in the previous election in western state of gujarat there was a single voter and he was what temple caretaker and he got his own polling booth because of this particular mandate that's amazing the cook who comes to our house she's never gone to school and she lives in an area where they are given a free lift in an auto rickshaw from their slum to the voting booths so that their vote is actually counted and it is assumed that they vote for the person who's arranging that rickshaw for them and yes. this happens very regularly as she said that in 2009 they arranged a shirdi trip for the entire oh, slum nice. yeah for the entire colony of 400 people and in two different batches men differently women differently and they had a picnic for 24 hours they were put up in a good hotel for those few hours before they had to just freshen up and go out there and some of them were given sarees and sewing machines so that they can work from home some others were given you know sakhar puda right there is this yeah, one yeah 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 so the for that puja you need this big utensil so they gave this huge utensil as a, you know as a bribe and she was given 2000 rupees 1000 before the elections 5 days before she got 500 rupees and after the guy got elected on that on that day she was given another 500 rupees so it's a massive coordination exercise <laughs> completely completely and and for once who don't know which symbol to vote because there are about 50 symbols that you've got to select from on that electronic voting machine If you don't know what to vote for the guys the campaigners tell you that from the upper right corner vote for the third one for the third uh, whatever the third button is that does it yeah, yeah. and this is after having a spending limit the election commission has uh, stipulated that individual candidates can mm-hmm. only spend 7 million rupees that is 7 lakh rupees even that is a lot Given per day? Are you talking about per day? Per day, <laughs> it, but it doesn't say daily spend limit. <laughs> Another interesting bit I had from this one was uh, political parties just field candidates to confuse people and have all sorts of symbols and everything. So they might have a train, but the another will be looking like a bus, but. <laughs> no it is a bus but looks like a train and all the that's true you know what the best possible way to hold an election that we all can learn from which country so that there is no confusion it's north korea they just had elections a few weeks back <laughs> and 100% vote 100% vote turnout they only had one check box to tick on their ballots and that is the good okay. leader the king yeah kim if you don't turn up to vote it can be construed as treason and you could be you could be spending your rest of your life behind bars they, they had what some 687 districts 
and they were presented with a single candidate in each one of those districts and they had only one box to tick or or some cases they just had to write yes or a no and drop it in the ballot box i'm wondering why they even had a box called no or what happens if you tick this is democracy we just run it differently we have one candidate yeah we just have one candidate and uh, mr kim stands from constituency number 111 uh, because it's a lucky number he thinks i wonder why he needs any luck but he says his father stood from number 333 and these two numbers are supposed to bring luck of, of course in cricket it's the other way around it's nelson it's considered to be unlucky but yes, anyway absolutely the election okay. seats have also been announced i mean the tickets individual candidates narendra modi will be from gujarat as well as varanasi arvind kejriwal is going to conduct a referendum whether to contest from varanasi or not because in the past he said wherever modi contests from i will contest gul panag is also contesting from chandigarh she is on a aap ticket in opposition with pawan kumar bansal who was the former railway minister as well as kiran kher from bjp and i think i also read that nandan nilekani will be contesting on a congress ticket in bangalore is that right absolutely in south bangalore constituency he is and there's so, also another infosys uh, veteran who will also be contesting i forget his name from aap yes yes yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely and in an interview he actually said that i hope nandan wins <laughs> <laughs> dude you don't get it <laughs> this is not how it works so aap has for the first time ever has gone into conducting fundraising events mm-hmm. this bangalore candidate itself hosted a 20000 rupee per person dinner with arvind kejriwal and senior leaders from aap that's how they raised around 60 70 lakh rupees in one night arvind kejriwal himself at nagpur collected i think 10000 rupees per person to attend a talk given by him so he collected again a lot of money so there are a lot of firsts happening modi was announced as a prime minister candidate just like a presidential candidate fundraising events etc moving slightly going towards us styled elections but not completely and all this thing has a big impact on another huge industry called the ipl ipl 7 is going to kick off on april 9th and june 3rd so as you know the elections are going to start on april 13th and may 16th so all those matches during those times are actually going to go be played in uae which is just better because then people don't have to get into transferring funds and all those sort of things because they ultimately all these ipl funds go to uae right <laughs> um, so banks will also lose out on the transfer fees true because they have their unusually brilliant hawala system to transfer that's money if they want to oh that's true that's true 50% 50 to 40% of revenue hit is expected the finals and the crucial matches are going to be played back in india after the government is set so they hope to reduce it to some extent so those were the topics that we had my father was just calling me out because i got to take the baby out for sunbathing so i need to rush what's the latest on the 2 month old The latest is that he has started making oh and ah noises <laughs> his vocabulary is growing rapidly but still fairly ununderstandable i had met aditya and his little one a few days back and he sings along to the song om bhur bhuswa by just saying <laughs> boo <laughs> yeah that's really awesome actually yeah so things are coming along well we just moved back to our place and he's readjusting apparently it's a big task yeah drinking milk sleeping and making a few noises here and there must be quite a task absolutely and there is a schedule 
that parents are supposed to have along with the baby, right? And the schedule, this is what my sister-in-law told us about, is the schedule is called EASY. Now, don't go by the word EASY. It actually stands for EAT, ACTIVITY, SLEEP, Mm -hmm. and YOUR TIME. So, once the baby wakes up, you feed him, then you play with him, then he sleeps. So, you feed him, then you tire him, then he sleeps, and that's how you get your time. Yes. The goal is to get your time. So, for that, you got to do the first three things right. Absolutely. The easy schedule really hasn't worked in our case because we never get our time. You'll get there. You're still learning. It's only two months. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. All right. Go do your sunbathing, as in for your kid. Absolutely. So if you have any comments on whatever we have spoken about, please log on to www.theindicast.com and you can comment there or you can also log on to our Facebook group and start commenting out there. Apart from that, we are also on Twitter. Please keep listening and tweeting out our episode links to your friends. That's about it. Bye-bye.